Hello, welcome to the first ever episode of Reality Roots, a show where we recap old daytime talk shows from the 90s. We'll just go on a journey here together, see what we see. The cast of characters on this is great. The episode that I've picked for this first recap is Sally Jesse Raphael, classic queen of daytime talk shows. And the episode that we're going to talk about is called Mothers and Daughters Who Party Together. Ooh, boo. It's from 1995, so we're right in the heart of 90s fashion. The 90s fashion is on full display in this episode. Even as we go through this, I'm going to describe some outfits as fine. Now, by that I mean fine for, I guess, 1995. If you saw someone wearing an outfit that I've described as fine in this episode, if you saw it out on the street in 2022, it would still look pretty much batshit insane. Everybody looks batshit insane, but some more than others, that's for sure. Now, this first subject here, mothers and daughters partying together... To me, I have always felt that a mother-daughter relationship should have at least a grain of contention. Not too contentious, of course. I wouldn't say you have a good relationship with your mom if you're fighting all the time. But I am always wary of mother-daughter relationships that are too close or too cute. My mom is my best friend. I tell her everything. I don't believe that in most cases. Uh, Maybe it's just me. Maybe it's just, I don't know, my relationship with my mom. I'll try not to dive into that too much right in episode one. Uh, But just generally, when I do see those type of super close mother-daughter relationships, I just... It just doesn't seem right to me. Call me wrong. It's fine. Maybe I am. It would be nice, I guess, if everyone had a nice relationship with their mom. But I just, I really feel like at the heart of it, there is definitely something that your mom does where you're like, even if it's just calling you out on your own shit. I mean, your mom should kind of call you out on your own shit, right? Uh, They shouldn't really be your best friend. I agree with that. That's for sure. So let's get right into it. I'm going to go through the format of these shows is kind of bananas. It's kind of difficult to follow sometimes. It's kind of, you know, I mean, we're all familiar, I'm sure, if you're listening to this with the format of how these shows existed, particularly Sally, I would say, is guilty of this. She will put up a family, we'll talk to them, we'll take some audience questions, we'll meet a second family, we'll take some more audience questions. Those questions might be about either family. (laughs) They're not really questions so much as uh, oftentimes accusations or judgments uh, framed as questions. But it can be a little bit jarring. I know in this one particularly, there's a, you know, we're, we're kind of right in the second family and suddenly someone stands up to just completely go back to someone that we have not been talking to for a solid 10 minutes to ask them a question But what I'm going to try to do is sort of parse out each of these families. The first one 
as Carol, April, and Tina. You're going to notice as we go through this, there are no men on the stage. I did make a note. There's somebody stands up kind of closer to the beginning of the episode and makes this question. And even in even in their wording, they're like, well, I know it's, you know, I can't remember the word they use. Like, I know it's a cliche question for these, but where is the dad? And then they all say, he's not here. And then we just blow right past that, to be honest. I mean, I feel like that happens a lot in these shows. And what a thing to just sweep under the rug. I mean, the dad's not there, so we can't talk to him. I assume they don't want to just start shitting on people that aren't anywhere close to you know the recording or what's going on I understand that but I wouldn't underestimate how much that contributes to the problem I feel like you know that okay this one is mothers and daughters who party but anytime they have you know oh this kid is 13 and they're smoking pot where's dad not here moving on (laughs) I mean I guess it won't change but I mean, we have to know that contributes to it a lot, right? But anyway, just don't expect any dad or father figure to be anywhere involved in this. It's only half the parenting unit, so don't worry about that. Uh, The first family, there's three of them. Carol, the aunt, she's the one who called in, I guess. She is wearing a couch for a skirt or possibly drapes. I'm not sure. And she has this weird thing going on. I don't know what to call it. At first, I thought it was a collar that was unexpected. I was like, what is this collar? It's made of fluff, I think. Like, who puts a fluff a fluff collar on anything? It was, it's so hard. It's like glass insulation, if you've ever seen that. It's very fluffy. It looks very strange. And then later, as I was watching, I, I looked again and I, I thought... I think it's her hair. I think she has like a short hairdo with a mullet, but the mullet is like these wisps of floof. I don't know. I don't, it, it could be a collar. I wouldn't be surprised. I'm not sure what's going on. I think it's her hair, but it, I, it looks, it looks like 1995 for sure. Speaking of the floof, her daughter, uh, is that her daughter? Oh, it's the daughter, so it's the child in this situation. Uh, She also has those classic floofy 90s bangs that we all loved. You know when we had, you know, you'd take like five hairs maybe from the front part of your head and sort of try to floof them up so that they didn't cover your forehead. They were a lot of maintenance for something that was not doing a lot of work on your head. I definitely remember that. I remember trying to do those bangs. It was impossible. They'd be fine for like two seconds. And then one drop of sweat would hit them and they'd be plastered to your forehead and you'd look like an idiot for the rest of the day. So don't miss that fashion. That's all. But we see a lot of those bangs in this. And then her mom, Tina, is there wearing the ugliest vertical striped vest I've ever seen in my life. It may also have been ripped from drapes, or not ripped from drapes, I guess, but made out of drapes. I'm really not sure. Uh, Tina apparently also has two other kids. So her daughter is April, who's 13, 
but she also has a five and an eight-year-old. So they start talking, and it's kind of the classic, I guess, complaints or reasons why you would call in for something like this if you were a concerned aunt. Uh, April is smoking pot. She's drinking. Carol says they have men coming in and out of the house 24-7. April and Tina drink together. Now, the mother, Tina, says she didn't know that April was having sex. That seems to be the biggest problem. Is that her... I mean, (laughs) there's a lot of problems, but the most pressing problem probably, hmm, top three anyway, is uh, that April is having unprotected sex and she's 13 and that's not good. Obviously you shouldn't, I mean, (laughs) you can have sex. You probably shouldn't have sex at 13, but I understand it happens. You should be wearing a condom though, for sure. I mean, somebody makes a point later too about AIDS, right? This is 1995. Even if you're not going to be a teen mother, there are other dangers out there that we should definitely protect 13-year-olds from. Apparently, Carol did the same thing with her daughter, and guess what? Her daughter ended up pregnant, so she's putting her foot down. I guess Tina and April live with Carol. First, I wasn't sure why she was so involved I guess in this but I mean if you're staying at someone's house then yeah you have to play by their rules of course it's not the the phrase we keep hearing from a lot of these moms is well it's nobody's business but mine (laughs) well that doesn't really track when you're living in someone else's house even if you are paying rent I mean you know if something happens like the cops get called which we find out has happened that's on Carol too so I understand why Carol is concerned but I'm not sure what she's doing she's putting down this 30-day ultimatum she says this has to change within the next 30 days or I am going to call child services and have those kids taken away Carol what are you waiting for babe if it's bad (laughs) and I mean a lot can happen in 30 days to a 13-year-old who's having unprotected sex and smoking pot and drinking, I feel like it might be more urgent than a 30-day ultimatum. Especially, I mean, it's I'm sure it's not a new complaint. I'm sure she didn't come up and say, okay, this is the first time we're talking about it and you have 30 days to correct the situation. It sounds like an ongoing issue. Also, we find out the cops were called and there's this great quote from Tina where she's, she says, yeah, the cops came and they threatened to take away the kids. Yeah, but they always threaten you. Tina, no, they don't always threaten you. Not every time a cop shows up to your house, they should be threatening you. That's not normal. It's not normal that you think that. That's that's a you problem. I think that's a you problem. Anyway, I'm going to... That's, I mean, <laughs> not much to say really about the first family. They kind of... I mean, it's bad. You shouldn't let your kids do that. At some point, um, when they're talking about smoking pot, it comes out that uh, the when she okay the first time that April smoked pot, she went to her mom and said, "Mom, I smoked pot," and her first reaction 
first of all, I feel like that says they do have at least somewhat of a good relationship because I wouldn't have told my mom that <laughs> for sure. Um, I mean, to be open enough with your mom to be, to say straight up, hey, I did this and I liked it. E- the lines of communication are open anyway. Could be worse, I guess. But the problem is Tina's first first reaction was, well, if you're going to do it, I'd rather you do it in my house. Tina, no, that's not the first reaction. That shouldn't be your first reaction. That That's a reaction if someone is addicted to heroin and they really cannot get off of it and they're struggling, then, okay, then I can understand, you know, while I'd rather this person that I love be in my house, dope sick, than out on the street. But this is the first time your 13-year-old is telling you she smoked pot. We have other avenues that we could explore. You could say no. You could say, don't do that. You could say, I don't think that's a good idea. I mean, there's a lot of things that you could say other than, well, make sure you only do it in my house, which is not my house, by the way. It's actually Carol's house. So make sure you only do it in Carol's house. I don't think that's the best first reaction. But anyway, we go to some audience questions now. And I've just kind of written down some audience standouts that really caught my eye first I think the first comment is from a guy in the most oversized suit I've ever seen I believe it's a tan suit very 90s uh there's also a girl a little bit later on who I think is Catherine O'Hara <laughs> I'm pretty sure it's Catherine O'Hara uh she looks just like her she has this weird question where she's talking about like what about making love <laughs> I guess like say I don't I don't know where that came it was such a it was so jarring to hear her talk about why don't you guys talk about making love it was it was a weird weird phrase to use I think she was just trying to say like why haven't you had the birds and the bees talk with your daughter yet uh, she was actually the one who made the comment about AIDS she was like do what you want but there's AIDS out there there's STDs things like that valid point that is fine with that uh somebody else is also rocking some scary spice buns I think that's what I maybe I'm mislabeling that but I think I remember S Club 7 it's very it's all very 90s remember you'd put like pigtails but then you'd make them into giant like round buns so you'd have two buns one on each side of the head it looks I'm sure that I did try to do that 1995 definitely I tried to rock that. I was probably in like grade five or six. I don't I don't think I pulled it off. I don't know anyone who really pulled that off. I think you look a little bit crazy with that hair. I don't know why, but I don't know. It's just not, it's a hairstyle that says, look at me. That's for sure. Uh, we also see Sally Jesse Raphael's son at some point. He's in the audience. She pulls him up just to confirm that they don't party together, which I think we, I think we could have guessed that Sally. She also describes herself at some point as, as a fuddy duddy. So yeah, we know that you're not partying with your son. Also, he looks like he's about 30. So you're fine. Nobody thought that you did do that, Sally. I don't know why you felt like you had to share that with us. Uh, the, there was also 
somebody rocking pleather overalls. Pleather is what we used to call vegan leather before we had the term vegan leather, which is an absolutely brilliant marketing word for the same ugly shit we used to wear in the 90s in it. All right. Next, we meet family number two. This is Jenny, Shannon, and Diana. So Jenny is the niece. She looks exactly like Leia Messer from Teen Mom. Well, not exactly. She looks like Leia Messer if Leia Messer was 18 in 1995. They have the same face. She has really 90s bangs. She, if the other people had five hairs making up all of their bangs, Jenny has two. They're so small and floofy and just doing as much work as you could expect three hairs treated by a curling iron and probably a whole can of hairspray could do she also has a butterfly clip which I loved very much so 90s she describes the daughter which I think would actually be her cousin because she's Diana's niece and Shannon is Diana's daughter. So I think that makes them cousins. She describes uh, Shannon as trampy. And that is accurate, (laughs) to be honest. I don't know if that was the accusation you were coming in here with, Shannon. You dressed uh, exactly for it. I don't know if we're still using the word trampy, Uh, you know, Uh, what, almost 30 years later? It's definitely not how I hear people talk, for sure, which is good. But I I mean, if you think of the outfit that you would call trampy in your head, even if you wouldn't say it out loud, I think that's exactly what Shannon's dress looked like. It's animal print. It's really 90s. It has these little, like, cap sleeves. And the neckline, it just brought me right back to the 90s she also has this crazy hair it's red it looks like sideshow bob hair from the simpsons it looks exactly like that but maybe if you just cut off sort of the little triangle parts but it's very red and it's very curly and it's very big uh her mom diana looks fine she looks professional she looks like she's gonna sell me some mary Kay, maybe Diana and Shannon. Shannon is of age. Uh, she's she's an adult, so to some extent she can do what she wants. I suppose she does work, um, and her mom babysits. I guess while she's at work, and she supports her mom financially. And they just like going to strip clubs, not where there's girls stripping, but where men strip. They're regulars. <laughs> they go every weekend. I don't know. To me, I'm not sure what's weirder. I don't know if it's weirder, more weird, weirder, to be an adult that parties with your mom regularly or to go to a strip club regularly to the point where the strippers know you best out of the audience. I don't know any. I, I, maybe they do it in secret, but as far as I know, I don't know any women who have ever even been to a strip club. I'm not against it. I just, it's just unusual behavior. What Diana says, I thought this was kind of weird. She said, I waited years for my daughter to be old enough for me to take her out. Um, 
(laughs) that's weird. That's a weird thing to kind of wait. Like I waited, um, a long time. Let's see. I have a kid trying to think of like an equivalency, I guess. I, I mean, I waited for him to be old enough to ride a bike. (laughs) I, I, I wait for, him to be old enough to walk to and from school on his own that we don't have to do before and after care. Those are things I wait for. I have never even once said to myself, "Mm, can't wait till we can go party together. There's no way that that would happen. On the other hand, I feel like this family takes a lot of shit for things that are really not a big deal. They said Diana got her daughter these like or like blew up condoms like balloons for her birthday party that's fine I guess I mean it's kind of weird because it's your mom but it's not like it's not on the same level as you know drinking with your 13 year old daughter I don't think it's fine it's it's awkward if my mom gave me condom balloons I would die of mortification but it would be fine I don't think that it's you know what am I gonna oh well, now I'm going to have to have unprotected sex, I guess, because I don't have condoms. I don't know what the, I don't know what is really bad about that, but they make a big deal of that. And then they also make a big deal that Diana and Shannon at some point were at a strip club and gave their bras to the strippers. They really, they really kept hitting that point. And honestly, even the first time they said it, I was like, okay, yeah, I think that's probably... Again, I haven't been to a strip club where men strip, but yeah, I assume stuff like that goes on. Why wouldn't it? They even explained kind of later in the episode, they were like, well, it's not that we just took our bras off and threw them. It was because there was something going on where the strippers were going to cross-dress. Maybe I should go to a strip club. I feel like I just have no idea. I just have my own imagination of what would happen there. But okay, so they were going to cross-dress and they needed bras. And they said, uh, Diana and Shannon say that the strippers knew them best. So they asked for their bras for whatever performance that was. And so they gave them to them. And again, I don't feel like it's the, I don't feel like it's the most egregious thing that we've heard of so far in this, or that we will hear really in this episode. There are, there are honestly worse things. Jenny, the niece. It's very pretty. I think she's 18. She says she's in, she's she's sweet, I think. She's says she's so embarrassed. That's her main problem. It's not that anyone's in danger. It's just that she's embarrassed. But also, Jenny, if you're so embarrassed, then why did you call the show? Because guess what, babe? There's a much bigger audience now seeing this behavior than there would have been in whatever small town you're from. I think you're fine. I, I just, I don't know. How embarrassed can you be, really, if you're dragging everybody on TV? That's my only point. I don't even want to say anything about it. Jenny seems nice. It's just, it's a weird move to make, I think. Diana says some weird things at, about her age. Diana's 42. And she is talking like she's 70 she says all her all the friends her age are too old they just go to tea parties that's boring she gets into a spat with one of the audience members at one point and she's like go back to your tea party I'll be over here I don't know she says it better but she 
she she seems to think everyone in their 40s goes to tea parties maybe I mean maybe 40 is the new 30 and that's why it seems so weird now but I'm 34 and I I <laughs> to be within 10 years of that I, I I mean lots of people still go out 34 anyway um she accuses Jenny of being too old for at 18 just that she acts too old and she also accuses Jenny this was so weird this was it it was it was really strange she says she accuses Jenny of being slow she says everyone calls her slow and that's why we call her the cookie monster is the cookie monster slow <laughs> that was that was my first question is I never I mean that's not a good thing to say about anyone in any circumstance but a cookie monster was a weird reference to make to me um I also want to know how you stay up all night at 42 Diana says you know people at 42 are too old they just want to go to bed I want to stay up all night I mean how are you staying up all night at 42 I think maybe there's something else going on uh, personally, especially if you're drinking. I don't know. That's again, I'm 34. And if I can get in bed by 10, that's a great day. So it's, yeah, it's hard to stay up definitely when you're older without maybe some pharmaceutical assistance, which I, I don't, it doesn't seem like Diana is on Coke, but I just really, question anyone over the age of 40 who says they want to stay up all night partying or that they're able to stay up all night partying Mm, I think there's something else in the mix at this point Sally Jesse Raphael this is very small I I feel like I'm not talking about Sally a lot it's because she just kind of comes in with she doesn't she doesn't talk a lot and when she does it's just to state something very obvious like right here Sally comes in and she says well now we have two families with this problem like she's the count from Sesame Street okay thanks Sally like we've we can count we've been following this as well uh when we do go to the audience we get a you don't know me from Diana she says as part of that she has a whole rant about I don't know her past I guess it didn't really explain anything to me to be honest so I don't even feel like repeating it but she did say as part of that rant I don't figure I have much time left on this earth Diana you are 42 how old do you think you're gonna live I guess if you're partying really hard and you're on coke maybe she thinks she will die early but I think you're you're probably about halfway I mean (laughs) 42 is young to be saying I don't figure I have much time left on this earth that's that's if that's true that's very depressing she also keeps saying she's making these weird I don't know if I want to call them accusations but she's saying as when she's saying that Jenny is too old like she acts too old she's like Jenny just wants to stay in and bake cookies okay eat the cookies I mean what (laughs) don't complain if you have your niece living with you and she wants to bake cookies I wouldn't complain I would just eat the cookies I feel like again we get a lot of all these all these moms not just her but the next mom too is like I don't want to bake cookies why cookies are delicious (laughs) just eat cookies 
the most egregious part of probably this whole family for sure is that Diana does this weird catfish move on Jenny's behalf where she calls a dating service pretending to be Jenny and we hear her voicemail and it's it's just bizarre obviously I mean I feel like anyone hearing it you know that this woman is not 18 based on her voice she sounds like she's 42 it's a weird thing to do on someone else's behalf even say today if I'm gonna set up a tinder profile or something and not tell them that I'm doing it I don't know what form of bullying that falls into or what form of like online aggression that falls into doxing I guess it's just a weird move and Jenny is upset Jenny's just learning about this and she seems really upset and everyone's reaction is to by everyone I mean Sally and people in the audience and stuff they're like you can take it down you can change your number you just don't have to answer the phone you know if you get those calls uh I don't think that's what she was worried about it's just again a weird boundary to cross with your family to be to be doing that on their behalf why just I would say just probably don't (laughs) if she doesn't want to go out she doesn't want to go out you know let her stay at home and bake cookies and then come home from your party and eat the cookies what is the problem (laughs) okay now we get into our last family here we have judy the mom faith well she has two daughters judy has two daughters with her faith who's a good daughter we'll say and anna the quote-unquote bad daughter misbehaving daughter that judy parties with Judy's hair is the exact same size as the rest of her head, and it sits directly on top. It's also the red that... It's also a little bit sideshow bobbish. It's just... It's very strange looking. Her face is very mm, smushed, I would say. She has a very small face, like small features, small face. And then a glob of hair red and curly that just sits right on top (laughs) again it's as big as her whole head and if that didn't already give her a strange enough look she's wearing a muumu bright red buttons in the front it just I guess none of these outfits are really flattering when you're sitting down in a chair of course we have to imagine that they would look different you know if they were standing up but I can't imagine this would look any better in any position that you put your body it's a muumuu it's huge and it just gives such a weird impression because she's got this this big glob of red hair on top of her small face that's the same size of her hair and then everything else is red <laughs> huge like red it's it's a look her the good daughter, quote-unquote, looks fine, I guess. And Anna, the bad daughter, we don't hear a lot from her. She has actual bangs, like bangs, bangs, thick, can't see my forehead, classic bangs. Not classic for the 90s, but regular-looking bangs. She's 20. She has one kid. She's pregnant. I feel like Anna might be on Teen Mom. If this was, you know, 10 years later or however many years later, she could have been on Teen Mom. I 
I might be able to see that. I don't know if she'd be dynamic enough to, or sorry, 16 and pregnant she could be on. And then I don't know if she'd be dynamic enough to make it onto Teen Mom or not. But the kind of a similar, <laughs> the similar situation that she's in. She's divorced already. Uh, very, like I said, very Leah Messer. Uh, she's got two different dads. Um, again, she has the one kid already and she's pregnant. And her classic line is just, it's not your business. What I do is not your business. I don't know if that's really true or not. Again, it may or may not be other people's business depending on the situation. It's not really an answer for everything, I don't think. Um, And there's another weird quote here as a mother where Judy says, that she's just waiting for Anna to have her baby and turn 21 so we can really have some fun. Which is weird. <laughs> so that was... Judy says two things in this episode that are completely insane. And that was definitely one of them. That's that's a weird... Like, you don't say that. That's, that's not healthy. I'm not a therapist or anything. But I think anybody can look at that and say, wow, that's not right. I don't think that's right. Uh, Faith has some legitimate complaints. She needs an actual mom. Hey, guess what, Judy? Being a mom doesn't start, doesn't stop when your kid turns 18. Faith still has problems. Like, she has kids she needs help with. You know, drive here and there. I don't know. It's, it's hard to not have active grandparents or grand, like, grandparents for your kids. I mean, so your parents, you know what I mean. It's hard to not have a support network when you have small children And, of course, you kind of should be able to count on your mom for that. That is really what moms are for at that stage in your life anyway. Judy also comes down hard against cookies. (laughs) I don't know why. She's like, what am I supposed to do? Stay home and bake cookies? Yeah, Judy, cookies are delicious. I I don't know why that's so controversial or why it keeps coming up. Or why that... Why is that the one thing? Nobody... No, that's not with faith needs you to do. She doesn't need you to stay home and bake cookies. She wants you to help look after her kids when, I don't know, when one is sick and she has to go to work. There's just, there's a lot of things that you need your mom for when you have small children at home or maybe not need, but certainly could use and appreciate. Judy later, (laughs) not right off the get-go, but she does come back later where she she comes up really hard and says, you want help? Buy me a car. <laughs> what? <laughs> That's, um, geez, I guess her love language isn't acts of service. I guess based on if we're going to take that statement just on its own, I guess it would be physical gifts. Buy me a car. No, I, again, you're her mom. She, you don't, she doesn't need to buy you a car for you to help her. You could just help her because you're her mom. That's what moms do. Next, I did say that was the last family, but I mean, that was the last, you know, problem family, I guess, quote unquote. Good news, guys. Righteous mom is here. Trailblazing away in a big old blazer, complete with giant shoulder pads. Blazing the trail for all Karens everywhere (laughs) to be super judgmental she comes standard issue with pearls ready to be clutched her name is susan 
she has a great relationship with her daughter, guys. She, her daughter looks like, I don't know. Oh, they do say she's 17 because Sally says this weird thing where they're, she says, how old are you? And they say 17 and Sally responds with, oh, the time goes so fast. Sally, do you know these people? (laughs) Maybe she does, but that was not, we don't know that as the audience. It just, it's just, again, why would you say that about somebody that you don't know or that you wouldn't that you didn't watch them grow up it's very unclear where these people came from I really am dying to know what the casting call was that got these people on the show (laughs) daytime talk show seeks righteous judgmental pretentious Karen with daughter (laughs) to cast judgment on shittier moms what else would it be I mean they cast her really well but for all of this do you know what Susan's daughter's name is it's cameo Susan you can't sit up there and tell me that you're the perfect mom first of all you can't sit up there and tell me that I don't again I don't believe you nobody's perfect I'm sure you had your moments Susan of not being perfect you named your daughter cameo that's weird. You just call it Cami, Camille. You had a lot of choices before we got to Cameo. That is just personally, I'm a big person to judge weird names, I guess. But that really, like I stopped. I had to pause the video and go back and, and just confirm that her name is actual Cameo. I've never met anyone in the wild named Cameo. And if I did, I have a lot of questions about their mother because, again, she obviously didn't choose that. It's not her fault. But, Susan, I am judging you also. Uh, at one point when she's talking, Anna, Anna's the one who's pregnant. Um, she blows on her bangs. Like, she roll, She does this move where she rolls her eyes and blows up so that her bangs, like, floof a little bit more. <laughs> they go up and down. It's it's a very funny move. If we are going to bring back bangs, I hope it's just for that reason. So we can all roll our eyes and blow up our bangs in an exasperated way as Anna does. Uh, Susan also, I mean, Susan has good points. Again, I'm not on, I'm not really on anyone's side, to be honest. I think most people are doing their best. And again, these are moms who are like single moms, right? If dad's not in the picture, you're a single mom that's hard. I'm definitely not here to really, I mean, obviously we can all say what you should and shouldn't do, but we didn't walk in their shoes. That's, that's tough. You're doing the job of two people as one person. Um, but Susan is just the most judgmental about it. She says that, you know, you say it's none of our business, but you guys are going to be on welfare. Uh, Susan, (laughs) None of these people are on welfare. They all come back and basically say, no, what are you talking? I'm not on welfare. I work. I do this. I do that. None of these people are on welfare, at least yet. There's a lot to criticize here without just inventing uh, inventing situations that you don't know about or assuming things like that. Also, it comes out, although this is fine, I guess, is that Cameo wears a bikini and goes to concerts sober with her mom I'm not sure what to do with that really I get I I guess it's 
fine. I don't know. I don't want to go to any concerts with my mom. I don't think at any point I ever did, even one time. Um, I mean, obviously, it's fine that she wears a bikini, but it's just weird that the mom is up there throwing all this shade at everybody else. Again, I just, you know, it's it's those in glass houses, and I just don't believe that anybody really as a mom doesn't live in a glass house at the end of the day, myself included. Next, as if we didn't have enough judgment just from Susan and Sally and the audience, we have a psych- oh, psychologist. I wrote psych. I think she said she was a psychologist. Her name is actually Karen, so that <laughs> might be confusing. Um, she has triangular hair to the max. I, it was very distracting. It has so much volume at the bottom, not as much volume at the top. I think there's a lot of product in it. She comes out with a lot of, I don't know, buzzwords. I guess she uses the word sadism really soon where she's like, there's so much sadism going on on this stage. And none of these women are Martha Stewart, but sadism was a struggle. Where's the sadism? I think, I mean, you could say they're selfish. Like they want to have fun. They're putting their own fun times over their daughter's best interests. Sure. I don't know if that's sadistic. They're not nice, probably because people are just screaming judgments at them. She calls them cruel. I... Mm, I don't know. I think they're defensive. She does say that they're in denial. And then she comes out and says, well, there's no point at yelling at them because they're not going to be able to absorb it if we just yell at them. So why are we fucking here? What (laughs) did you not? What? (laughs) Maybe we should have had Karen on first. (laughs) And then we all could have just, you know, stifled our yelling and gotten somewhere productive. But Now that we've all yelled at them for a solid 30 minutes, Karen comes out and says, well, there's no point in yelling at them. It's not going to work. Later, she pulls out a weird number, too, where she says, they're not going to, you know, this isn't going to fix anything today. It would take you six years to get your act together. Where did that number come from? (laughs) What a strange number to throw out. Six years. Never heard that before. I, I mean, I guess she's a psychologist, so I guess she would know. Um, she picks on random body language. It's just, again, there's so much here to be critical of. And then she comes down on the 13-year-old for fidgeting with her leg, where she's like, well, you're obviously not happy. You're obviously uncomfortable. Yeah, she's a fucking uncomfortable. She's 13, and there's an audience full of people yelling at her and her mom. And her aunt is telling her that she's going to take her and her siblings away from her mother. So, yeah, I'm sure she's not fucking comfortable. Um, I don't think that's her fault. It's just it was it's just a weird thing to pick on. Why did we even waste time on that? Uh, And then at another point, she does a Mae West impression where she's talking about that. Uh, dating service voicemail that the aunt made for her niece Jenny um, and she says you know oh you're doing this this oh why don't you come over and see me sometime <laughs> okay we heard the voicemail <laughs> we didn't need to know it was like Mae West it wasn't even as much Mae West as she was doing I think maybe she was auditioning for I don't know some other show that's not this 
and that pretty much takes us to the end. Nothing gets resolved. I think Karen kind of makes the point at some point about using it as a learning tool that we can all take away from this to not party with our kids. Cool. Good lesson. Sally wraps this up. Basically says the same says the same thing. She's got kind of a final thought section. I know Jerry Springer is the one with the official final thought. She says two sentences in essence. She says, many things come with motherhood and intelligence is just not one of them. (laughs) True. (laughs) That's true. Uh, And then she says, this is the button on, it was just, it's so great. This is the button that she puts on this whole episode. We're looking at the stage, can open, worms everywhere, a mess. I think people are more agitated than ever. I don't know what got solved really for anyone. But Sally wraps this up by saying, what we've learned here today, that not every mother is a good mother. Think about it. (laughs) Uh, Okay. I thought about it. Yeah, I think I already knew that. I think most of us knew that. But now we have this show to show us specifically how shitty some mothers can be. So that's great. And that's pretty much the episode. The credits roll. Jenny, Shannon, and Diana hug during the credits. It actually looked like Diana kind of said something to Jenny. It just seemed like more of a family dynamic issue, kind of. Again, Shannon was an adult. It's weird to go to strip clubs with your mom, but... Again, there's worse. there are worse things. But it sounds like Jenny kind of just moved in with them recently. And Jenny says, oh, I just want to be able to talk to Diana. And Diana's like, you can talk to me. And Jenny's like, I don't feel like I can. So, I don't know. Diana's, during the credits, Diana sort of leans over and Jenny covers her mic. And they exchange a few words. And then they all hug as a family, the three of them. Like, so, I guess they're fine. I don't know. What do you, what do we think happened uh, to these families? They're, that was the second family, right? They're fine, probably. Um, the other girl, I imagine, probably. I mean, per psychologist Karen, it would take six years to get your act together. So I don't think that's going to fall within the 30 day ultimatum that she was given. So I imagine that either her sister didn't fall through with that threat or her kids got taken away but you know when you call the cops they always threaten you so who knows what happened and oh let's see see I've already forgotten that thing with these talk shows it's like it goes by so fast it's hard to retain everything oh Judy Faith and Anna Judy is probably the nasty one that uh, Karen, literal Karen, not righteous Karen. Uh, she's probably the one she was talking about. She was kind of nasty. She's the one that said, do you want my help? Buy me a car. Uh, what do I think happened with them? Mm. Her daughter, Faith, probably accepted that her mom is not going to change. I mean, at a certain point, people aren't going to change. I think Judy's probably, I, I mean, we don't really know. Say Judy's 50. I think when you're 50, you're pretty much are who you are. Not that you can't change, but Judy does seem really nasty and I don't know maybe six years is a good estimate of how long it would take to kind of turn that around um 
presumably she's still with Anna, then probably taking care of all of Anna's kids, however many that she has. That's my prediction on that. I have no idea if that's true, and I have no intention of following up on it, but I'm so glad that you joined me here on the first ever episode of Reality Roots. Thank you so much for listening. My name is Hillary, and I've enjoyed this very much. I hope you have too. Bye.